welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Amanda, hello. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Of course. How are things in your neck of the woods? Not too shabby. Our, our regulations here during this pandemic are kind of lax, so I'm still able to go out and ride my bike and at least yeah. be out in the fresh air. I can't go socialize much, but to be truthfully honest, I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> I have a lot of work that I feel like I needed to get done around the house and with myself and stuff, so mm-hmm. no worries. Yeah, well, that's good. At least it's it's that's a great positive way to look at it, and it sounds like you're already keeping keeping things moving and productive, so great. The, uh, for the listeners who are not familiar with what you do in your work, how do you describe yourself and what you do? I'm a mom, mind-body wellness coach, so my goal is to bridge the gap between mental and physical health, and I do that by uh, meeting people, assessing them where they're at with my clients, and we talk about the happiness spectrum, which is something that most people don't really think about, Mm -hmm. but not everybody experiences happiness the same. And I kind of realized that first and foremost, I have the capacity to be extremely over the top happy kitty and also extremely depressed, rock bottom, desolate feelings. Some people on the other hand, like I've dated several people, I have several close friends that they can feel a little happy and a little sad, but they don't really get outside that. The important part I think of that is where you are when you're neutral. Mm -hmm. So do you kind of tend to be on the happier side of neutral or on the more depressed side of neutral? It's hard to control all the time, you know, how how much we, we experience emotions, but we can control to a certain degree where we sit with those emotions, where we are in our life, where the kind of neutral is. So I do always do an assessment and we figure out what their happiness spectrum is, where their neutral is, and then figuring out how to get higher on that. Okay. I also really like to to always analyze the things that are going good in their lives because there's a lot of different categories in our lives Mm -hmm. and it's really easy when one of them isn't going well to focus on that but I will say even when I was at my darkest spot there was always one of these categories that was at least halfway um, halfway in the middle of being good and bad so always assessing you know the good things what they're doing right and then figuring out what needs a little work and what we can do to improve that. And I do that through not only the fitness aspect, which I know scares some people because some people are like, oh God, working out, but it doesn't have to be going to the gym and crunching or you're lifting weights or whatever. There's a lot of different ways to to make that happen. So it's also figuring out what works for them. I also do it through nutrition because there is a connection between what we put in our bodies and how that affects our minds and of course our our physical body. And then just looking at some different lifestyle things. And this is kind of what I want to focus on today because it's really easy when we're in where all of us are globally right now to start getting into really bad habits, to start getting into really bad ruts. And I kind of want to talk about that Mm -hmm. a little bit in, um, in just 
how we keep up healthy habits while we're in confinement, while we're in quarantine. That's, it's been a challenge for me, I'll admit. It's definitely been a challenge just having your whole life changed like this. It's a challenge on a day-to-day basis to make positive decisions, even in a normal world, but where we're at now, even for, for people like me, you know, it's been, it's been, a, it's been hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely want to get into that. But before we do, I want to talk a little bit about you and what made you first interested in health and wellness. So yeah, when, when, when was it that you decided this was something that you really wanted to focus your time and energy and focus on? Well, in the beginning, I think a lot of it was, I just wanted to be prettier. You know, I didn't really have great self-esteem. I was bullied a lot growing up and kind of always told that I wasn't good enough. I was the lone wolf. I was the outcast. So a part of it was, I just wanted to look more aesthetically appealing. So mm-hmm. I majored in holistic nutrition. I majored as a mind-body wellness coach with a specialty in holistic nutrition. And at the time, I don't think it really truly set in. I don't think it really registered with me how it could benefit me beyond the physical aspect. So it's interesting because we did have a couple of classes that were based on the mental aspect, but I still didn't make that connection. I don't know why. I I took notes. I passed the test. Still didn't make that connection. I just wasn't ready, I guess, at that time in my life. But things got really dark and ugly over the next five years or so after graduating from that. And I just fell into a really dark place. I mean, when I, when I graduated, I was still going through untreated postpartum depression. I was alone. I didn't really have anyone. I got out of that relationship because it just wasn't healthy and in a multitude of ways. I got out of that relationship, got into another one that also wasn't healthy in a multitude of ways. And it was, it was difficult for me because I didn't have a lot of positive coping mechanisms. And while I took the random yoga class where I, part of our, our training was actually hypnotherapy and stuff. So I had skills, but I didn't know quite how to utilize them. And I know that sounds silly because I went to this school that gave, gave me everything I needed really pretty much. Um, other than a little bit of self-discovery, it gave me everything I needed to really have a solid set of, of skills, but I just didn't understand how I could utilize them at the time. And the only thing I really ever turned to when things got really dark that wasn't drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or self-harm was Lincoln Park. And they were completely... I guess indisposable, like the music was really indisposable for me, uh, invaluable, I guess is a better word. For me, during a lot of different times in my life, I was sexually assaulted when I was 16. I lost both my parents in my early 20s. Uh, Like I said, I went through untreated postpartum depression, several uh, very unhealthy relationships. And I'd always turn to music. I, I always had that to fall back on. And when the lead singer took his life in 2017, when Chester Bennington took his life in 2017, I lost my mind and I know that sounds really strange to a lot of people because actually it probably doesn't sound strange to your listeners I've listened to some of your podcasts and from what I'm understanding a lot of them are musicians and artists and stuff so it probably doesn't sound strange to you guys so I feel like I'm at home thank you for (laughs) for bringing me into this community but I felt strange at the time because I've never met this guy you know 
even though he lived like a few miles that way, he had a house yeah. a few miles that way, because <laughs> I am right by Tempe, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know him. I'd never met him, never shook his hand, never you know, got a selfie with him or anything. Mm-hmm. But it was his voice that was with me during, you know, the darkest points of my life. The, the night I got sexually assaulted, I was listening to hybrid theory while I was in the shower, which, you know, is the one thing they tell you not to do. But I was 16 and really didn't know. I was in a shock and panic. Mm-hmm. So when he took his life, my mind kind of fell apart because I didn't have that healthy coping mechanism. And again, I tried to do you know, some yoga or eat a salad or something, but overall my lifestyle was not healthy. I fell back into cocaine, which I went to several times during my life, like after my mom passed away. And upon meeting Mike Shinoda uh, several months later, the next summer, I got clean. I got clean off that and I got clean off self-harm. I was kind of motivated to do that. But by the fall of 2018, I just couldn't take anymore. There's really no no better way to say it. I was just done. I couldn't take anymore. The situations, the circumstances of my life had really just crippled me. And I found myself on the ledge of a Canadian hotel room ready to end my life. And I mean, I was looking down at the, at the roof below, just all I could think of the time was, I hope this doesn't hurt because I don't want to hurt anymore. But I was completely ready to jump. And it was, kind of poetic because the one thing that saved me was the thing I thought I lost because in this Canadian hotel room I was in Quebec so Quebec is a French-speaking province and they are not really huge from what I experienced in my few days there on a lot of American culture mm-hmm. they're they're very we are French and you will learn proper French and even though I speak French it's very hard to speak to them because they're they're very very proper they they're very traditional mm-hmm. so i didn't hear a whole lot of american music or hear a lot of cultural references but other than the justin timberlake concert i was at <laughs> but <laughs> literally right in that moment just outside my door the clean that i didn't even know existed until that time turned on lincoln park mm. and i'm an atheist so it freaks me out because I'm just sitting there going, oh, God, I don't know what this is, but I hear you, whatever you are, whoever's trying to get my attention, you got it. But it was, I mean, that brought me down, sure, but that wasn't going to heal me or fix me or fix why I got there, you know, in the first place. That wasn't going to fix all the things that led me to that ledge. Mm-hmm. So the next few weeks, and next few months was really a complete rehaul of my life because... I told myself I was healthy. I told myself I tried everything I possibly could, but hopefully your, your listeners aren't offended. That was bullshit. I was not uh, really giving it my all. Mm-hmm. And I said in that moment, I, I like in the, in the weeks following, I, I kind of made a pact with myself that I was going to give it everything I could mentally and physically for one year. And if at the end of that year, I wasn't beyond that pain. I mean, obviously I, I'm always going to struggle to some degree with, with anxiety and emotions and whatnot. I know that, but if I couldn't find a life that was worth living, that I was going to jump. Now for anybody that hasn't done the math, that year is past, don't worry, but it was really overhauling my life and everything I knew, all the habits I had, all of the, my regime, like my, I, I wasn't particularly on, fitness at the time and I certainly I told myself I 
tell eating healthy when I really miss my chocolate cupcake was vegan and gluten free. So I told myself those buzzwords definitely ran. I was like, oh, okay, it's healthy because it says vegan free on it. <laughs> and, and this is from somebody who had literally went to school for this. Like I had the education to know better, but I convinced myself, you know, you have that that cognitive dissonance in your head that, that convinces yourself of things that don't make any freaking sense because you want to believe it. So you find the evidence to, to make it so, but yeah, it was really, there was multiple steps and that's kind of what my program that I'm releasing later this month is about is walking people through those steps. It's not just about one thing. There's not one thing that's going to help you heal or help you cope with symptoms of depression. It's a multitude of things across your life. So, so thank you so much for sharing that. That's, um, it's an absolutely fascinating story and it's even a, a, a greater testament that you have been able to, you know, confront a lot of your demons and kind of lift yourself out of those through various ways. So I wonder if you could talk about some of that. So, so you said you, you made a lot of changes. What were some very specific changes you made, you know, in the last year or so that really helped solidify what you're doing now. First and foremost, I really like that you brought up the demons because there's a Mike Shinoda song that came out after Chester's passing. It's called Crossing the Line. And it says, I've got demons inside me, so I'm faced with a choice. Either try to ignore them or give them a voice. And like I said, I know I'm always going to have the mental health struggles to some degree, but it comes to a point of, I do have this side of me, I call it my shadow. I do have the shadow. And the, the lyrics actually really resonated with me because it's, it's absolutely true. I can either ignore them, which makes them louder. They scream at you louder. If you ignore your demons, they will scream at you until they can get through. And it's, it's an incredibly painful thing uh, that I've been through for years of trying to say, no, no, those thoughts need to go away. Those feelings need to go away. That pain needs to go away. But when you really look at it and you give them the opportunity to speak, they're just afraid. That's what, the multitude of depression really is, it's fear. It's fear of rejection. It's fear of not being good enough. There's a lot of things that play into that. So uh, I, I just thought that was really interesting that, that you specifically mentioned the demons. So there were a lot of changes that were really necessary for me. And I don't even know specifically how I pinpointed each one, but one, I've been vegetarian since 2005, and I still ate cheese, lots of cheese, lots and lots and lots of cheese, which yeah. is kind of almost another addiction for me. But last summer, I decided to go vegan. It was something I wanted to do for a really long time. I felt that my actions weren't matching my morals and my beliefs, because the main reason that I'd gone vegetarian in the first place was for ethical and environmental reasons, even though it did have a lot of health benefits for me once I figured out how to do it correctly and not just eat french fries and, and vegetarian pizza. Once I figured out how to do it correctly, it did have a lot of health benefits, but consuming dairy still still had all of the same repercussions that, that you know, had made me quit eating meat. And again, it was that cognitive dissonance that I was telling myself, oh, well, they're not dying. Yeah, they freaking are. It's really like the whole industry is interconnected. So that was a big thing for me. And then I noticed after that, that there was a lot more mental clarity. Like I had a lot more mental clarity, a lot less brain fog. 
uh, my, my skin started clearing out. See, I don't know if you can see my beautiful skin. All your listeners can't, but you can see my, my beautiful skin now. My skin started clearing up. Uh, I, I had a lot more energy. That was huge for me. And interestingly enough, it actually really helped my sleep. I mean, there were some other things that I'd implemented at that time too, but I feel like that really kind of helped my sleep because when you, when you eat dairy or meat, it does cause inflammation. It is hard to digest. Um, they've proven that the good majority of humans cannot, human adults cannot digest dairy because uh, we don't produce the enzyme necessary uh, to, to digest that. We don't produce what's necessary that babies produce to digest that. So it really helped a lot physically and mentally. So bridging that gap again between mental and physical health. I really had to rearrange my relationship with alcohol not because I was an alcoholic. I would never have really labeled myself as that, except maybe as a teenager. <laughs> I drank a lot of alcohol as a teenager. But uh, I found myself turning a lot to it when I was depressed. It wasn't necessarily that I was having a lot of it, but even if I was having a glass or two of wine or of Angry Orchard or whatever my drink of, of choice was in that moment, I really felt the impact. Once I really started becoming mindful of my body and more intuitive to, you know, what, what triggered my emotions and stuff, I started noticing that I drink because I I had had a bad day. That's, that's kind of always the thing is I had a whole long, hard day and I deserve this glass of wine. But what yeah. you really deserve is to take care of your body and mind. What you really deserve is to feel good. And that glass of wine or whatever it was never really made me feel good it might have brought down the intensity for a little bit but once I stopped for the evening mm -hmm. you know once I laid down in bed then my mind started racing I never felt better for having drank it so it's not that I quit drinking per se I do still have a glass here and there but I, I had to set down some regulations for myself about how and when I was going to drink and my biggest one was never doing it when I was in a state of anxiety or when I was feeling upset. Uh, limiting social media was another huge one. I really had to, again, change the relationship I had with social media. I do a lot of my business on, on Instagram and Facebook, so it wasn't something that I could get rid of entirely, but I didn't need to be checking my updates every five minutes. I didn't need to have all these going off on my phone all the time. Yeah. So that was another thing that was really important for me to change. Really just finding out what needed to be eliminated from my life. I really like, there was a quote about, uh, they were asking Michelangelo when he looked at the, at the block of marble, how he saw David in that, like how he, how he created something from that block of marble. And I don't know if this is a real quote from Michelangelo, but the story gets across either way. But he just said, well, I just get rid of what isn't David. I just, you know, chip away what isn't David. Mm -hmm. And that kind of made a lot of sense to me at the time because it's really a matter of getting rid of the things that aren't you, that aren't healthy. So if you're looking at yourself and you imagine, this is what the healthiest version of me looks like mentally and physically. This is what health looks like to me because it is different to everybody. Health is a different thing for everybody. Um, for somebody who has an addiction, it just might be being clean for somebody who wants to run a marathon. I mean, they're going to have to work on, on certain strength training and stuff. Some people might be flexibility. Some people might just be getting cardio in every day. It's different for everybody. So what I think is absolutely amazing in this is, is you've kind of broken down a bit how you 
looked at your own life and your own, um, yeah, your own reactions to things and analyzed what was not working, what wasn't making you happy, and then found rules and guidelines to do that. What's happening now with a lot of people, whether or not they're, you know, they're out of work, we're all under this, like these, this new world that nobody really is used to with what's happening with the pandemic. And we're all in uh, a new set of circumstances, uh, which come with various, you know, stresses, both physical and mental. Um, a lot of us are confined to our apartments and houses. Um, we're, we're being, you know, asked to stay away from people physically as well as sometimes socially. So there's a lot of things that are happening, which, which can lead to, you know, bad habits coming up, um, whether it's, you know, coping mechanisms for food or drink or, you know, anything else. So how, especially in these circumstances, how would you recommend people first kind of examine what they don't like and then how to kind of create rules and guidelines to be more positive, whether it's like uh, physical or, or mental? A lot of it is really checking in with yourself. I've seen two types of people during this pandemic. Sure. One is the person that says, oh my God, the sky is falling and the world's ending and everybody is dying and I'm going to use this as an excuse to sit in my apartment or my house or whatever and binge watch Netflix and eat the pasta with the cookie dough in it. <laughs> you know, like just complete and utter meltdown in their minds. But then there's the people that are saying, hey, I've been given this break. I've been given this time to really reassess myself, to really start getting into those positive habits. Because let's be honest, we're going to be in this for at least the next few weeks. We're going to be in this long enough to create new positive habits in our lives. And if during this time we start doing that, we start adding positive things, by the time we get back to our normally scheduled programs, then we're going to be more apt to keep those things because we're going to see how good they feel. So if you're adding right now, a lot of people have been wanting to add a little bit more fitness because they're confined to their houses, they don't know what else to do, and they want to feel good. Yeah. So like I was saying before, I think we all know deep inside, I think we know what we need to do. I think we know what is right for ourselves, for our bodies. I think we, like, it's, it's basic knowledge that we need to eat healthy and stay active to, to be healthy, like uh, to, to really have optimal mental and physical health. We need to be active. We need to be eating a balanced diet that is mostly, you know, plant-based legumes, beans, fruits, vegetables, whatever. We know that deep inside. Yeah. We know that we shouldn't be spending three hours. Actually, four hours, I believe it's four hours and 12 minutes, something to that effect, is the average time people spend on their phone and social media. Over four hours a day. I, I believe now, what in that is healthy? We all know that that's, nothing good is going to be come out of that. All you're going to do is compare yourself to other people. You're going to sit there and see what they don't have. So one of the things that I really have been encouraging people to do during this time is limit screen time. So I know that's difficult, but this is the time to really you'd be knocking out those projects. You'd be spending time with your family. And I don't mean screen time necessarily as your kids can't watch a movie with you or, you know, you can't watch a couple episodes of your Netflix show. Or for me, it's, I, I watched a few episodes of my soap opera <laughs> yesterday because <laughs> I am shamelessly addicted to the Bold and Beautiful, so uh, I, I, I've been like, two weeks behind. I just hadn't been watching it during this time. I've been having other 
priorities, but yesterday I said, okay, I'm going to treat myself, sat down and watched it. And the difference being is I was really mindful about that decision. I said, you know what, right now I'm going to sit down, I'm going to watch the show because it's going to make me feel good and I'm just going to enjoy it. I've already taken care of the things I need to take care of today and now I'm going to enjoy my show. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the huge difference when it comes to screen time and social media and stuff. There's nothing wrong with going on and connecting with your friends. As a matter of fact, it's really healthy during this time. People keep saying social distancing when I actually prefer to call it physical distancing because I've had more connections now with my friends, with clients, with, you know, prospective business connections and stuff. I get more connection, more social connection now than I have in the last several years, but I don't have to go out and physically interact with those people. So there's kind of this expectation that, you know, we have to do that. No, we can absolutely be social. And there's nothing wrong, like I said, with getting on social media and doing that. But just being mindful why you're on it, not letting yourself fall into the fiery pits of the Facebook or Facebook feed or the Instagram feed or whatever. Right. Because there's nothing good there, I promise you. There's there's not a lot of things that are worthy in the comment sections or in social media feeds that you couldn't find somewhere else. I made it a point actually that I only, excuse me, on Facebook will follow either French groups or artists that I really, really admire or positive thinking individuals and stuff like positive thinking groups and stuff. And I actually eradicated my feed anyway. So when I log into Facebook on my computer, my feed is just positive quotes. That's all it is. It will just have a positive quote at the top. So really limiting screen time and a big reason being, especially right now, we, it's always been an issue that we're bombarded with the news, you know, every day. It's just bleh, right in your face. Just, I'm going to shove this right down your throat. Like, oh. But now it's even worse because while there are some people that are really being proactive about sharing good news for the most part, it's I'm going to ram every last freaking update about the coronavirus so far down your throat that you're going to be choking to death on it. And absolutely stay informed. Don't get me wrong. Stay informed. It's very important to know what, you know, the guidelines and stuff are right now to make sure that we're, we're taking action against this virus. But limit it to maybe 15, 10, 15 minutes a day of checking on the news and stuff and be done. Like time it, check it, be done. Staying informed does not mean being drowned in the news constantly. My other big suggestion during this time uh, that really helped me was getting back into the hobbies that I didn't used to have time for or just really finding hobbies that you enjoy. I've been practicing my French more. I There's a couple, there are a couple YouTube channels that, that I really enjoy, but it's not anything that's going to make you feel negative. For me, I really like CinemaSins and uh, Ryan George. He, he does these pitch meetings. They're hilarious. If you guys haven't checked them out. I'm not paid to say this. I just really, really love those channels. Totally not getting monetized. Maybe I should. But just finding things, if you are going to be on your computer, if that's something that you do enjoy doing, just being mindful about how you're spending your time on there. I have been getting to read again, and I forgot how much I love reading. I grew up, by the time I hit second grade, I was reading on a sixth grade level. I loved reading. But as we are adults, as we get older, it's kind of something that's fallen to the wayside. And for the record, I mean an actual physical book. I like staring at, at dead trees and hallucinating for hours on end. I don't like looking at electronics, because I just think that 
if you're going to read a story, if you're going to get off your devices and read a story, get off your devices and go read a freaking book. Right. And this is my own personal preference, but there's been so many things that I've been able to do that I wasn't able to before. I've got so much cleaning done, <laughs> which actually brings me into my next uh, point in creating a positive environment. So uh, some of us are, I don't know, you know, where all of your listeners are, but some of us are completely confined. I am fortunate enough not to be, but I have had a lot of, of friends and clients that are completely confined to their home. And this is a really good time. You spend a lot of time at home anyway, even when you're not in a pandemic, you spend a lot of time at home. This is a really good time to, to go through your house, get rid of things that don't make you happy, get rid of things that don't serve you anymore that are just clutter around the house. This is a good time to sort through and get all that extra crud out of your life because it's not doing you any good. It's just bogging you down. And, you know, adding things on the same token, adding things that bring you peace that can help you de-stress. That might be an oil diffuser. That might be some candles. I actually, my really close friend, I'm a big Zelda nerd. I play The Legend of Zelda. I love The Legend of Zelda. I've played it since I was a kid. I have a Triforce tattoo on the back of my hand. Total geek, but uh, my one of my really close friends had bought me Majora's Mask, like an actual replica of Majora's Mask, and I have it on my wall in my den, and I, I just, it's such an awesome thing, because every time I look at it, not only do I think of how cool my friend is, but then I think of all these childhood memories that I had playing it, and I had been watching when I run, uh, when I run at the gym, when I was on the treadmill, I'd been watching uh, Let's Play, in French of Majora's Mask. Mm -hmm. So I get to hear this guy rage quit in French. It's the greatest thing. But just, you know, having all those great memories, have things out that bring good memories to you. Surround yourself with positivity during this time. It's really the best time to, to restructure, not just yourself and your health and your life, but to really restructure your house. I've been definitely doing a little bit of redecorating and purging and I feel like purging is kind of an ongoing thing. It's one of those things that you're always <laughs> doing because you always accumulate more stuff. Uh, or sometimes you weren't ready to let go of something six months ago and now you are. So whether you're adding a door's mask to your wall or maybe just you know rearranging a bookshelf or adding some knickknacks, creating some art maybe for your wall, whatever that looks like to you, just making sure that your environment is positive. So while you're stuck here, it's awesome. When you're not stuck here and you have, you get to come home at the end of the day, you know, make it a place that you enjoy coming home to. Yeah. So what about the physical aspects of it? So people, again, like the, the people who can, who can go outside right now, you know, there's things they can do, um, especially if it's nicer weather, which is awesome. But what about the, the people listening who are more confined to their, their homes? Um, are there, what resources do you look for? Are there like, are there yoga channels that you look for or, you know, other kind of exercises just something to keep active, keep fit. So you're not stuck just, you know, sitting somewhere. Excellent question. Yeah, it definitely was a challenge to me because I always had that, that routine of going to the gym every morning, even if it's just to run, I really liked the treadmill because I could watch my video and kind of stack those things so I could get my French listening in for the day. So this morning, I live in a two-story house, and I just did 50 flights up and down my stairs. I just ran up and down my stairs for 50 minutes and then did a little bit of strength training. So that was my cardio. Uh, I'm sorry, not 50 minutes, 50 flights. Uh, that was my cardio, and then I just did a little bit of strength training with that. So 
there's a lot of things that you can utilize around the house for doing strength training. Mm-hmm. I use my couch. I can do dips on my couch. And I can, I can do push-ups and stuff there at the end of the day. I mean, when it comes to a lot of, a lot of working out, you don't need to go to the gym to maintain that strength. If you're trying to build muscle, it's a lot easier, obviously, to go to the gym and have that equipment, but to stay in shape and to make sure that you're, you're getting enough exercise and whatnot isn't really that hard. I have a nine-year-old and the other day we just turned on some music and had a dance party for half an hour. And of course, you know, he still has plenty of energy afterwards. I'm pouring sweat going, (gasps) (laughs) and I'm in good shape, but that kid wears me out. But just, that was awesome because we got to listen to a lot of our favorite music and still move around, get my cardio on. One of the big things I do suggest for strength training is dynamic resistance. So it's something that gets ignored a lot when we're doing workouts because we just think of traditional crunches or sit-ups or whatever and for me uh, just utilizing dynamic resistance to continue you know building those muscles and stuff and that's something that that uh, ddp yoga my ddp yoga instructor that's something that ddp yoga really focuses on is that dynamic resistance. So dynamic resistance is when you're moving your, let's say your arms, you're moving your arms as if you're moving them through clay. So you're putting, um, you're putting that resistance on your muscles. So you're acting as if you have the weights in your hand. And when you're pulling them towards you, you're putting that resistance on the muscles. So that way you're still getting, you're still working them. And it's a little bit different than isometrics because isometrics is when you're holding a static pose to say you're holding your arms statically. This is you're moving them, but you're moving them with resistance. So that's been really, really just completely invaluable for me. uh, Still keeping up my strength training and stuff. Um, I actually have a Facebook page. So if you do subscribe for my newsletter, you get a, private invitation, exclusive invitation to my Facebook page. I've been posting workouts and stuff on there. So um, definitely check that out if you if you need a little bit of extra motivation. And they're quick workouts, just five, 10 minutes to keep you to keep you in the routine of working out. So I post suggestions, uh, different recipes and stuff there. But it's really about being creative. I mean if you want to stay active right now, you're going to. I've been doing I always have the goal of getting at least a little bit of the physical aspect of yoga and a little bit of exercise in every day. I try to do cardio and strength training and whatever, in whatever, um, whatever part of the body I need to work that day. There's a channel for anybody that has kids called cosmic kids yoga. And it's really awesome because especially for younger kids, like little kids, it gives them different themes, like an underwater theme or a Pokemon theme or whatever, but it moves them through the yoga poses. So I can get my yoga in, my son can get some yoga and some exercise and stuff in. Uh, so that's just a, a really creative way if you have kids and you're trying to, to get a little bit of extra exercise or whatever in with or without them. My son actually, this is something I haven't really formally announced, so I guess I will announce it. So my son really wanted to make some videos to help other families too. So he's going to be involved in a few of my videos coming up, showing how if you do have access to the park, we're gonna do a little bit of workout at the park, uh, different yoga and and strength training exercises that even a nine-year-old can do. Of course, he's more flexible than I am and speaks better French than me for the record. (laughs) Kids pick stuff up, kids pick stuff up so fast. 
Uh, but and then we're going to be doing kind of a little home workout of how you can incorporate, you know, your, your kids, your dogs, whatever, into staying active during this time. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. So I know in addition to this, you have uh, a workshop and class that you're working on. Can you tell me a little more about that? Yeah, it's a lot what I was talking about in the beginning about the happiness spectrum, about meeting people where they are and assessing them. Yeah. It has a lot to do with my journey and where I started, which was rock freaking bottom and what I did to get out of there. So I walk other people through my journey and my process and how they too can move higher on that happiness spectrum because my neutral on my happiness spectrum used to be depressed, really depressed. Even on a good day, I still felt depressed. And now my neutral is not blissfully happy, but on the happier side of content. It's not complacency. I feel happy by default which is something that I never thought was possible. I was told by professionals that I would never heal myself mentally, that I had a disorder and I, I suffer with it till the day I died. And I got decertified as having a serious mental illness by those professionals, which I just wanted to throw a middle finger at them so hard. But I didn't because, you know, namaste and all that. <laughs> but the program really just goes through the different changes that are necessary if you really want to move as high as possible on the happiness spectrum and that'll be coming out at the end of the month so if you want more information on that or to stay updated you can check out my website okay wonderful and so this has been absolutely uh, fascinating so thank you so much with everything that you've done and experienced so far what would you say has been the best advice that you've ever received you know it was from my dad. It was actually just before my dad passed away in 2005 when he said, don't give up hope because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And he's right. You don't know. I mean, everything could change, but you can also make everything change. You know, you, you don't give up hope because you're going to feel differently tomorrow. My mom telling me actually when I was younger that if you ever feel really genuinely suicidally depressed to give it 24 hours because you won't you know the, the intensity of those feelings will go away and just knowing that no matter what you're going through the situation will change and you can have a hand in that you know in in changing your circumstances in improving your situation improving your mind and your body so don't give up hope because you never know what will happen tomorrow well, Amanda, again, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. If the listeners would like to see more about what you're working on or sign up for your class or even just get in contact with you, what is the best way they can do those? By going to my website, www.amandawebsterhealth.com. You can also check me out on Instagram at Amanda Webster Health. Like I said, if you sign up for my newsletter, you will get an exclusive invitation to my Facebook group, just called The Pack. I've always really been connected to wolves. So the people close to me are kind of my pack. I've always thought of them as my pack. So I'm expanding my pack. So anybody that signs up for the newsletter gets exclusive invitation as well as a cheat sheet on the top 10 nutrients and uh, nutrient deficiencies that affect mental health and spoiler most people are deficient and at least several of them so you get that cheat sheet that includes uh, ways and re and sources for each of those each of those vitamins so or each of those nutrients so very important if you're wanting to explore you know more of that connection between mental and physical health that you're paying attention to 
your body and paying attention to the things you're putting in it, making sure that you're getting enough of what you need to give your body the best fighting chance and your mind the best fighting chance. Of course. Wonderful. Well, again, Amanda, thank you so much. I will put all of those links in the show notes so people can click right through. But again, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and, and the listeners today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to advanceyourart.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again and have a great day.